2: Let's go places.
3: The Around the NFL podcast.
1: Isn't resting their starters? From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I have some heroes with me Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. You know, I don't like to miss shows, boys. I get a lot of FOMO. But uh, family called, and I needed to do some good fam time over there in Anaheim. Did it, but I'm happy to be back. How's everybody doing?
4: It's good to be good to have you back. Doesn't feel right without you here. We we had our fun on the the broadcast and
1: and with Claybon and Henry, but it just it's it's wrong. It doesn't feel right. How right. I imagine I did I was kind of out of pocket, so I didn't hear the show or see the program on NFL Network. Um, how did Greg do in the host chair, Mark?
5: I thought he did a um, a competent job, uh, not surprisingly. <laughs> Um, I, I was, Mark knows this is a tricky This is like
4: <laughs> Andrew Barry trying to answer questions Well, no, because there's
5: I think that Greg, um, you know I, I'll just say, I'll put it this way After the show, um, I was driving home and got a text from Greg Really? Yeah, about the show and about his own performance um, Which I, that uh, true? you know, I always no, know No, of course it's <laughs> No, it's absolutely true I know that Greg, like he, he, he you know And Colleen hosted the, the broadcast, by the way This is what ah. this text said, by the way What up, b****** I did an incredible job with that. I'm sure you agree. I feel power, real human power flowing through my bloodstream. I am nothing short of an unstoppable okay. fireball in this industry, in our league. <laughs> Check you later, bro.
1: Greg. Obviously, I was poking around looking for that naked ambition, and there it was in the text.
5: I mean, I didn't even respond to it because it's like I don't even know. That get, just gets me in the middle of it.
4: Yeah, I like so. it yeah. in your you know, pretend <laughs> little text that you wrote out nicely for yourself. You made all caps for real human power. I don't know if you really, Greg. No one delivered it no that way. This though. is
1: how you sent it. And to then me. I want to, because I don't know if this came up late in the week, but I know obviously it's been a emotional roller coaster of a couple of weeks for you, Mark. And it should be noted that uh, one of your great heroes uh, on Twitter reached out to you, Mark Hamill, and that had to be a, a real thrill for you. It was a boost. Right. This is not the right song. <laughs> <laughs>
5: This is Star Wars.
4: He was not part I'm of the I'm sure it kind of was a production. boost. You wouldn't want to be
5: Simone on that day. I mean Mark was just uh Right. right. He was excited.
0: Pew, pew, pew.
5: We've interacted before, but this this felt a little bit different. Um I thought it unified us in a, in a stronger way, Mark Hamill. But well, he That's knows good. who you are at this point. He, you guys are it's probably Twitter annoyed friends. He's Your probably Twitter vaguely
1: friends. Annoyed I got in the mix when you initially tagged him on it, and I replied, hey, help out my buddy Mark with a C. He needs I, this. I think you might have been the change agent on that. I do. I hope I was. Yeah. And if I wasn't, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that you have a direct Sessler Hamill connected perfectly in sync.
5: Right, although this is the score from Superman, just to be clear. Oh. Okay.
1: Well, we try our best.
5: And by now, it's a
4: bit.
1: You did that on purpose. I I try my best. I work with Erica to produce the best show possible. <laughs> and if I fell short in that regard, my apologies. You're a human. Let's get to the news. We got a lot to get to. Will Smith
6: just smacked the shit out of me
1: love it. love monoculture moments. I love things that everyone's talking about. You know, I was out with the family. Keith and Deb are still in town. Uh, we went out and had a nice uh, pizza dinner with the boys. And uh, when news of this incident with Rock and Smith happened at the Oscars, you heard it buzzing all over the restaurant in this outdoor area we are at. Wow. And then you go and you check it out, and there it is. And then when I'm checking out with the hostess, it was a place where you pay at the front. Uh, I showed it to her because I just wanted to share it with. I wanted to share this moment, and I was thinking it's like the nice version of Peter King
4: telling that uh, hostess <laughs> that who was it that died? Uh, Robin Williams. <laughs> Robin
1: Williams. Not funny, but come on. Um, I I'm, I was thinking about what would be the uh, NFL equivalent of that moment, and I and I said, what? Okay, would it be? For instance, Aaron Rodgers on the stage at NFL Honors saying something and then like Brett Favre gets up and molly him. That would be that would be close. But the thing is, it doesn't work because these, and we know being up close to these guys, that they're all very macho and no one takes the slap. There's no NFL player that takes that slap without it becoming a ruckus. So then I was thinking it probably would have to be, again, let's set it at NFL Honors. Let's put Steve Harvey up there. He says something about Steve Smith. I'll throw wide receiver out there um, that might be involved in something like this. Gets up the stairs, smacks Steve Harvey. I, I think it can't be player on player. It has to be uh, player on personality.
5: Player on performer or yeah.
1: on, on on comedian type individual or us or Steve Smith if he hears this somewhere sure. in the building. Right, you now. Won't Right.
5: Like I that. think we
4: that would be a better uh, analog. I think is Mark slapping me in the face during. During a podcast, I don't know if NFL <laughs> honors and Steve Harvey's getting a lot of pop, but I feel like if, if Mark slapped me hard in the face because I just went went too far one of these times, maybe maybe it wouldn't be a monoculture moment. But for our podcast <laughs> listeners, it would be seismic. Well, I'd be justified with
5: Greg.
1: <laughs> if that happens one day, I, I will tell you, I will be the happiest man in the world, not because of uh, any boiling point being reached, but the entertained value of a slap. Any I'll, slap in the studio. I'll take it. Doesn't I'll have to be Mark it. Gregg. Anyone getting just slapped, like Ricky maybe comes in here. Like, she's, oh, Dan made one too many jokes about my vacation. I'm just going to mollywop his ass. Like, that would be cool.
5: Well, she is a total wild card. I could see that. That would be amazing.
7: Know. That would be hilarious. <laughs> you but, get, it, but you get mad at
5: Greg, too. Like, if you just came
4: in. What if I slapped yeah. all
7: three of you, like, just down the line? Like, well, just boom, boom, boom. At one point. Like it, a cartoon? It, that's a, I, I'd that's welcome on it. the second so and fun. third
4: person for allowing that after, but, you know. <laughs> you
7: see the first one.
1: <laughs> that's true. Um, and by the way, a little later in the show, uh, now that free agency is really uh, unfolding here, and we're in the, what would this be, the third wave we're in now?
5: I don't know. It feels I think like we're the in the second the second blast.
4: wave, but the third week. So it's it's been it's been going on for a while.
1: You know what? It also is. It's almost graybeard season. I got to roll out the 2022 gray graybeards. I got to talk to Ali Bunpuri um, about that. Arc. a lot of options right now. You might have to wait this out. There's too many good good uh, sure. old guys. I, I like to put together a good uh, a, a roster though. So maybe next week though. Um, we're gonna get to best fits for remaining free agents. Any trains we like. Um, but let's hit the news first. All right, we do have to hit this just because the timing of it again. The Browns masterfully uh, setting all this stuff up to uh, minimize exposure. So their press conference introducing Deshaun Watson is held on Friday. Uh, that gives, uh, you know, the weekend to slow down the story and get forgotten by Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock and other events. Uh, here was Deshaun Watson at the dais, a dais that did not include the owner of Uh, The owners of the Browns, D and Jimmy Haslam, who uh, held a Zoom meeting later. I mean, anyway, D, uh, here is Deshaun Watson uh, talking about uh, where he's at right now and how he feels about this situation with the 22 cases of sexual assault and harassment still hanging over his head.
6: I understand the whole circumstances is very difficult, especially for the, the, the women's side of the fans in this community. Um, I'm not naive to that. I know these allegations is very, very serious, but I, like I've mentioned before, I've never assaulted any woman. I never disrespected any woman. I was raised by a single parent mom who has two aunties, who's her sister. And that's who, that's who raised me. I was raised to be genuine and respect everyone and everything around me.
1: Mark, is it, this is where Watson's coming from on this. There's no accepting of blame because he is continuing to assert a hundred percent innocence, um how does it how does it how did it come off to you
5: well i, I think you you just said it I don't hear from his angle um really- a, accountability i mean he talked about the fact you know I don't have a problem I don't have an issue um when they uh, talked about counseling I don't have any regrets um he's very he's been very clear i think on that from that angle and from the browns angle i I think, it, like I'll say what I mentioned on our Around the NFL broadcast, maybe just come out and say, we want to win football games. That's why we did this without the song and dance and the rest of it and trying to tell us how much work went into this and in, 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 into their investigation. It just it didn't check out to me um, watching it in real time and it doesn't check out in hindsight.
4: Yeah, we we talked about it for a while. That was that was a. Exhausting day, exhausting week, I'm sure it's exhausting for a lot of people, you know, within the Browns organization, exhausting for a lot of women and and men who have been upset about this. Like, I can't muster the same fury that I had on on Friday watching it, but it just sort of like a a darker version of the Falcons press conference. Just like, how dumb do you think your fans are? Um, They I don't think they thought the press conference would go as poorly as it did. Uh, I think they've been in their cocoon a little bit. The agent, Watson, ownership, believing that they're checking a lot of boxes. And maybe they didn't know it was going to be as antagonistic. Like, why is Kevin Stefanski even up there? That would indicate they thought there was going to be some football questions. There was one. And uh, I give the Browns media credit who don't have the same relationships with Watson's agent that the national media does. And I'm not singling out anyone in particular. I would say every national outlet is part of this. And Mulligetta, I think, has exerted a lot of power in terms of silencing and changing the coverage, skewing the coverage in a way that the Browns, Cleveland media doesn't doesn't care about. And they came at him hard. He was shook. Andrew Barry was shook. And I think the most honest answer of the entire uh, press conference came from Barry at the end when they said, are you confident you know, that Watson didn't do anything? Um, that that he didn't do anything that would be objectionable. And Barry, notably, I think to his credit, didn't answer that. He's like, I'm not going there. Like, I'll go pretty far here in backing up what I think Watson's going to be moving future, but I'm not going to say that this man didn't do anything wrong.
1: And you see kind of what the plan is here. You don't have to be a, uh, an expert in the legal field. That Deshaun Watson, okay, I I dodged criminal charges here, so I will not be found guilty in the court of law. Now we have all these civil lawsuits. My goal here is that they either get dismissed or there are settlements and that it involves confidentiality where people can't speak out. So there's nothing that can be said and those quietly go away. And then that all that's saying they're not going to settle, but that's for now. Right. All that's going to be left is him saying I didn't do it. You can choose to believe me or not, now I'm going to go play football. That is is the goal here for Watson and the Browns, is that eventually this will go away. And I guess the disappointment is you want there to be some ownership uh, to what he did, but if he's saying he didn't do it, you're kind of, from the public standpoint... Um, from the Browns' standpoint, you from the public standpoint. What do you do? You you could say I don't believe him, but if he's not going to take accountability, you can't force him to. It just it's an uncomfortable, strange situation.
5: It is, and there and you're right. The Browns are banking on the fact that the football side of this will quickly take over, and that what you know, in, as with with all things, the story of the day and what we're outraged about, um, you, we don't have the energy to remain outraged. We don't have the energy to stay necessarily in a corner of thought and we'll move on and move on to the football side that's what they're banking on and looking at how things work I think they're gonna win that
4: but people also won't forget it either no this was an unforgettable press conference it was an unforgettable transaction nothing like it has really ever happened in the history of the NFL and even if yes you're selling tickets and you're selling sponsorships still and the Browns retain their fan base it's it, I don't think it's something that's going to be forgotten. And I think that's partly just because of the timing of it all. And I, I think they pushed through the timing on this. And this is where the media part, I think, plays a factor. If the media was tougher on it throughout, I don't know if it would have happened right now in this window to maximize his earnings uh, like it, like they did, to maximize him being on the team in the offseason, to maximize his options, frankly, that he could do it in this week. So I think they are ultimately, whether they realize it or not, going to take more heat. And it was a more uncomfortable process because st- so much is still uncertain in terms of the civil cases and in terms of the NFL suspension because they did it now. Because they pushed it now to get the most money and the most leverage possible. And I think it's going to end up not really doing him uh, a great service.
5: I think if it had gone through a more normal process, it wouldn't have been as, as I, difficult. I would just say this. I, I agree that when you say that people aren't going to forget. But the way that we treat all of this stuff with sports and with other things is like the league is littered with people that did um, stuff that we don't think is great. We don't accept on any level and we, we move on from it
1: like we just do. And the Brown and speaking of Peter King read in his column today, they had, he had some listeners that are lifelong Browns fans writing in saying how disillusioned and upset, how they can't root for the team in the same way anymore. Mark, you've been on record on this podcast that you are also disillusioned and don't feel like you could root for the team in the way that you did growing up. Um, but the browns are banking on challenging you and everyone and every other browns fan that when we're 12 and 5 uh, a year from now or two years from now and we have a first round bye or we are you know one game away from the super bowl are you still going to be out or are you going to kind of forget about this and t- let time take care of it it's it's dirty business but uh, i think that's what they're banking on that we're taking the hit now to know that tomorrow people will move on 100% um, in other news, uh, since we're here, um, real quick on, uh, Baker Mayfield, who still 10 days after this trade, uh, for Deshaun Watson is still a member of the team. Kevin Stefanski said at the league meeting today, I think everyone understands the situation and we're hoping that it is resolved soon. Uh, Jake Brisket is on that team. Watson is either going to play all the games or some of the games, uh, next season, uh, so we're still waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's just a matter of like, where is the fit for Wat- uh, for uh, Baker? But still, I thought it was interesting. Joe Thomas um, had a point that he thinks that Baker overplayed his hand with the statement, uh, with the trade demand, kind of valuing himself as a franchise quarterback that could dictate where he goes next. And now he finds himself in this kind of uh, purgatory.
5: I mean, we're about to talk about another quarterback that overplayed his hand a bit, but Baker absolutely did. I mean, this is—he's an emotional being and it cost him in this situation. I mean, at the same time, it's so clear the Browns were moving on, and they really – he has no value right now. Like, you just have – the team, teams aren't going – especially with the draft coming up, it's like Baker Mayfield has no real landing spot at the moment. I,
4: I think Seattle can be it. I – I don't buy that they need to, you know, give, give up a pick to get rid of Baker. His contract's not bad. It's $19 million. If you're going to be starting games, that'll be one of the lowest uh, – guys with as much experience that he has i think it's just gonna drag out until the draft seattle makes sense you send a fourth round pick the browns aren't in a huge hurry he's not he's never getting on the field again i don't need to hear about this this talk is like well maybe they would carry him and it's like no uh but they have plenty of cap space they have plenty of cap space even with baker they have the number two uh most amount of cap space in the entire NFL. So you wait until the draft. You get a fourth-round pick for him. I'm not sure where else he would possibly go, and so Seattle kind of knows that, and I think Seattle
1: is where he will I mean, be. he just seems like the biggest loser of this um period of the league calendar because not only did he lose his job and it's been a humbling thing he wanted to go to the Colts the Colts say no thanks now you're hearing the reports connecting Jarvis Landry and Odell back to Cleveland it's like it's a tough time to be Baker Mayfield it'll the be Panthers inter- don't even want him it'll be interesting to see how he comes out of this uh because it's obviously I would think been very humbling and Kyler Murray yes he has been the subject of speculation another former number one overall pick who is potentially at Odds with his team, he doesn't say so. Um, in a, he was uh, at a char- a charity event and uh, said, "I'm an Arizona Cardinal." And he also addressed something we obviously were laser focused on, uh, which was scrubbing his social media of any and all Cardinals content. Usually a sign of discontent. I want out. But Kyler says, "No, no, no, no. I would never do that." No, that was
6: that was like I said, that was. That was I don't know. If, if you're a kid my age, you, like you're used to, like people take off all them. Like, that's just a thing. And you know? honestly, like I said, was, <laughs> I took everything off besides one picture,
5: so it wasn't it had nothing to do with the Cardinals so, or anything like
1: that. <laughs> Kids my age, <laughs> it's just a thing. Sounds like something my son would say. My seven-year-old. He he's um he's being ageist, you know. He's he's
4: representing the young people and just saying we're a bunch of olds that don't understand. I mean, Ricky, as the resident person who... uh you know, is so close to being in their twenties but no longer is mm, just mm. on the outside looking in. Uh, right. Like does that Dad, how
7: old are you, right? Does
4: that like hold water? Because his whole thing of like, well, I, I brought it down to two. We do that all the time. Well then he re-added everything again uh a couple weeks later. Right. Yeah,
7: no, it totally it totally is something. For him to brush it off like that. That's right. nothing. He's that's trying like, to all pull sudden, the wool over. Us. We're looking, you know, Mark tweeted last night like he's in a dark, dark wood or something, and then we again? look at his profile. Yeah, again. And we look at his profile. <laughs> and everything ATN-related has been scrubbed, we'd be like, hey, what's going on here? You know what I mean? It means Wait, what, something. Why were you in a
1: dark
5: wood? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, just and Ricky, just a heads up. Um...
4: Early spring is a time for darkness and beauty. Uh, a few hours before that, or maybe a day before that, I'm not sure, everything becoming a dark dream.
5: Mm. <laughs> I don't think it speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs>
1: somebody was watching a press conference I think you know in industry parlance by the way Ricky, rewatching
7: what that would be sad
1: you would uh, you would be labeled as being on the wrong side of 30
7: yeah yeah, yeah that's it's, exactly yeah. that's exactly I don't it.
1: I mean I don't view you that way
7: thank you yeah. thank right. you for making Nor that do I, clear yeah. just to be no, clear I, I mean yeah we know where, where Greg stands but he's getting old he's getting old <laughs> cranky you know just it is what it is getting cranky yeah
4: Kyler's uh. thing, though, it does seem like he's calmed down a little bit. I do think you can take well, something out of moves out of these <laughs> these comments. And, the like, they put out that statement was more significant to me than the Twitter scrubbing. And the statement I read as, pay me. And if you don't pay me, I'm not going to practice. And I still think that might be his vantage point. But I think the emotions of how the, the season ended up, he realizes he's going to be there. I think he probably legitimately wants to be there as long as they pay him. But that's a big hit. Right. Plus, big if.
1: I think Mark's right, too. Like some of the options uh, that are appetizing have dried up. It's like, oh, you want to get traded? You want to go play for Matt Rule before he gets fired in Carolina? Right. Like, Is that better than where you are now?
5: Suddenly, Kyler Murray steps into line. It's right. like because you have no other options, my friend.
1: Maybe yeah, maybe Seattle's an open door, but also they just traded their guy and they're part not because- trading Kyler Murray. It's
4: one thing like yeah. for the Browns to if they considered trading Baker in the division, that feels a little more Drew Bledsoe to the Bills, like, yeah, try to beat us with 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 him. I don't think
5: anyone they're not keeping Kyler in the division, no matter what.
1: Although we shouldn't be so sure, because there's been literally a dozen mega trades. Sure.
5: Right, nothing, nothing <laughs> the from the past has any tangible meaning anymore. <laughs>
1: uh, big news for Bills fans. Um, on the same day that NFL owners unanimously approved, this is the uh, owners meetings are going on. Did we mentioned on the show; it's happening right now yeah. in, uh, over there. I hadn't Beach. mentioned
4: it. We used to, we used to go
1: get some fun interviews. Maybe we'll go back next year. Didn't work out this year, but also it feels like this is the calm after the storm. This year, where you know maybe things were yeah.
5: well, there wasn't even a whisper about sending us this time after we had done. I, I there, would were think there were we whispers. We had our
7: flights booked yeah. before the pandemic, and then there were strong whispers. Well, yeah. I I'm not.
5: Pay, I guess I'm not paying close enough attention to the whispers, but I, <laughs> I there wasn't a rallying cry for us to to, to to go this time. I'm happy to be here, Frank.
1: It's nice. It's nice to be with you guys here in Los Angeles.
5: Well, you got to go to Disney Disneyland right. instead. I, I, you you know. would have been, you know, walking around with a bunch of GMS. Forget
1: that. So on the same day that the NFL owners unanimously approved the Bills' proposal for a new stadium in Orchard Park, uh, the Bills officially reached agreement with the state and Erie County on a new $1.4 billion stadium. The agreement is for a 30-year lease on the stadium. It's uh, set to begin that lease in 2026. The NFL and the Bills will contribute $550 million to match a combined $850 million in public funding Six hundred million from New York State, Erie County, two hundred fifty million. So that shows you uh, a lot of things. Some of the, I feel like it used to be a situation where teams could hold cities and regions hostage. Say, pay for our stadium. Uh, in this case, there's a split of this. I don't know if this is viewed as something that's fiscally responsible regionally, but I do know the bills are a major part of that community. So maybe it makes sense that everybody worked together to get a great facility built here.
5: Yeah, I remember when we started at the NFL, there was that period where the the Vikings and you know Minnesota taxpayers um, went through a living hell to try to get that stadium done. This there's just a really special relationship between Buffalo um, its football team and now its taxpayers as well uh, am I, the what for me the whole money thing great I'm glad that they're not leaving town first of all that would be a travesty but second that they didn't go down the road which would have annoyed me by going Dome Stadium where you can make it multi-purpose do like it. it's outdoors it's going to be outdoors in that Buffalo winter from now until the end of time yeah there that
4: part makes sense them staying in Buffalo gotta happen. I uh, it's also not totally done. At least some of the state share needs to pass a budget, but it doesn't sound like uh, there's lawmakers that are looking uh, that have shown any signs. Let's get
1: Greg up there to Western New York so, just to be boots on the ground to, to see hold this it up through.
4: <laughs> that said, it's the most public money ever spent spent on a stadium at a time when like, you know, public schools are, you know, Ow! struggling and it seems ridiculous for the richest league and the richest billionaires and these, you know, these teams that are worth billions of dollars to need to uh, get taxpayers to pay almost a billion dollars in the year 2022. That's why it hasn't happened in many other places for a long time. It's like, uh, miss me with that when you're like cutting like all arts and like gym funding and in, in bad t- it's well, Greg, football is family. <laughs>
1: Everything you're saying makes sense. It feels like, uh, you know. But they got it, they got it done. Nice it's surprising. It, would,
4: it wouldn't work in most places, but they got it done. It's a
1: nice logical way to look at things, Greg. I agree with you, um, and I don't want to get – We don't. this is not an episode of Money no, on Money. I, I wish he was here to break it down. I do imagine having the stadium is going to bring a lot of revenue into the region for decades to come, so maybe there's a conversation there. I will say this, that the SoFi Stadium across the street from us, uh, fully uh, funded privately yeah. – uh, in Vegas, though, that that region, they contributed $750 million. So it, it, I guess— there's, You don't oh.
4: become billionaires by being a nice guy or a girl. Greg, you what would you rather, though— You, you, you can- do it by, like, making people, you know, that aren't as fortunate Are you saying you, the Pagulas like, are you. not
1: nice people, Greg? <laughs> I'm
5: saying, like, you, you can afford to build the stadium or sell the team. Greg, let's say you have a choice to make and all of society would know that you made this choice. Yes. We have music and a second music class added to elementary schools in uh, (laughs) Western New York, but the bills moved to San Antonio. I mean that's a it's a false dichotomy there. I mean, what is no,
4: no. it? No, it's my dichotomy. No, I think I it. promise we Thank can, you can you, find that. many billionaires to to build the I just think, you, you got, them if you're putting
1: us to. in a tough spot, um, or putting me in a tough spot. I'll just well, say, Greg supports schools, it's Mark vi- and art. Yeah, well, it has I, nothing to do with you. Tisk tisk for taking any of the public's money. I think everybody wins here ultimately, right? If you're going to spend money on stuff, the bills are something that are worth. No, I'm sort of over that. Like giving these
4: people, like. <laughs> uh, who, but that it's not like to get public support like most people they're obvious like the fans are happy I'm just saying they could afford it they're just they're just putting it on people who can't
7: is this our last show I don't know <laughs> I just are this would getting? not
2: this would not this be would be unfair. a lame way to end the show yes, a yeah.
1: bunch of people that don't know anything about financial yeah uh, business warring over it uh, anyway I'm happy the bills are staying in Buffalo how yes, about that of course can we agree on that
5: I said that <laughs> my mind goes no deeper on the topic
1: But those music classes that have been cut as a result of this, that is tragic, I agree.
4: Don't be a jerk. Mm. It's the 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 telltale sign is when the first thing the governor said was like the hardworking men and women of Western New York. Whenever you break out the hardworking men and women, you know that they're phony be like that was the first thing Deshaun Watson put out too, like, Oh, I can't wait to get in front of the hardworking men. Like what there's not hardworking men everywhere. Hard working like shut up. Pandering and politician, people. not
1: authentic. And also everyone out there that's are gonna be like Greg was right. Dan was wrong on this. No, As no, no says, we're going to get tweets miss all on this. You know. Miss me with yeah. educating me on how public funding, I don't I don't care. Dan and Mark, right. maybe you should take a wider, broader view
5: of the topic the way that Greg did. <laughs> I mean, I, Greg, it's, I generally agree with what you're saying, care. but I just, you know.
1: Right, yeah, I'm just glad it's not a it, don't it In an ideal scenario, I'm totally with you. Yeah. It would be good. That's not how it played out. The Detroit Lions will be the featured team in the 2022 training camp version of Hard Knocks, according to an announcement made Monday by HBO and NFL Films. Hit me with it, Ricky. All right, the Lions were one of only three teams that could not turn down an invitation from the acclaimed sports documentary series. Follows NFL teams throughout training camp. Panthers and the Jets were also in line. But guess what? The Lions are a good pick, Greggy. Why? Because Dan Campbell's involved. That's a perfect Hard Knocks personality. The Lions, another team with a great fan, a fan base, downtrodden, looking to rise up. I think this will be
4: good. I think it'll be amazing. I think his staff is great. It's not just him. It's a good uh, group of coaches under them. And I And I want a team that I want to root for. And I feel like they're a team that a lot of people can root for. Rachel Bonetta, our, our colleague, uh, was searching for a new team, uh, a Browns fan. She was kind of putting that out there on her uh, podcast bench with Bonetta. And I was, I think the Lions, that's a good one.
3: Go from the, Lions. the Browns Now's to the, time. the Lions. Go from yes. the
4: Browns to the Lions.
5: Be there on the ground floor. I, it feels fresh because you know I, I get annoyed when like when it was the Cowboys. Everyone likes the Cowboys, and I understand why it's a huge you know way to go with hard knocks. But I want to learn about teams I don't know as much about, and there's this is a, this is a completely different situation I I think that Campbell and the whole rest of the crew will make it um, I'm more interested in this Hard Knocks than like the last four or five in a row Well, plus Jared Goff on Hard Knocks for a third time
1: Need it? Uh, well, let's see it. if he
5: knows where the sun rises fourth inside. if you include all or
4: nothing as like an NFL kind of property a yeah. uh, lot of Goff like does he does he still have the golf thing you know where he hits the golf oh, yeah, ball well that was, nice. they, yeah. well, was that he was still live his, there I don't
5: yeah, know his,
1: his California um, red yeah. I will uh, say that Kevin Patra who we're big fan of he's been on the show many times he he's a grinder on the around the nfl blog uh, is it still a blog it's uh, the news arm of uh, nfl.com Patrick is leading the way over there he wrote the things to watch for hard knocks i saw it land this morning and i'm thinking to myself now i've been the hard knocks writer for a decade on this website maybe it's Patrick's time maybe starting with the lions wouldn't he be a good person to write about this team? i think
5: he'd be great but so that that article happened without you being
1: consulted, I think they're already telling you it might be time. Maybe. Maybe it's out of my hands entirely. We'll find out. Uh, Anyway, let's take a break and we'll be right back. What's up? I'm John Wall.
3: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari.
6: We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach.
3: Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It wasn't even supposed to be my day. That's my day.
0: <laughs> now is the time to accelerate innovation.
2: Time
1: now for news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right. On Sunday, Giants CEO John Mara said the team is not, quote, actively shopping Saquon Barkley. Uh, They have this running back that they drafted number two overall back in 2018. Injuries have really sidetracked his career. And the Giants, obviously, Greg, are not a team that's close to contention. So why would you have Barkley around they would they would trade him in a second if they can, if they could, right? Yeah, I think if they got the right offer. But
4: maybe we've learned this offseason that they're not just going to give him up for a six-round pick. Like, you might as well just keep him. This was the time of year I remember at the owners meeting when the OBJ from the Giants to elsewhere, which turned out to be Cleveland, started popping up. So this is a time of year where you you do see some lower-level trades. He also mentioned James—or there was a report, rather, from ESPN, James James Bradbury will be traded. Like, they've kind of made it clear to him, and they're just hoping, I think, to get a better offer around draft time. But it sounded
5: like with Barkley they might realize they're not really getting much, so you might as well keep him. It's just a classic. You know, Dave Gettleman had his guys, new GM, new coach— these aren't our guys, and and they're clearing cap room, and you know they have twenty. It, there's a twenty-one million dollar cap hit on James Bradbury. who's was a good player. He was a Gettleman guy, but they can save a Very ton yeah. by moving him on. So it's like even though he's a good player, it's like new. Like they're cleaning the books up. And things could change with Bark Saquon
4: too. I feel like uh, whether it would be in August,
3: I, or I have a sneaking draft
5: weekend. I think he could still get. Mine. I have a sneaking, just a
3: feeling
1: that that Saquon Barkley is not going to be a giant in week one. And I, I, I'm i not totally doubting his ability to be a high-level running back again. I know he looked a step slow last year, but it's been a tough couple of years. Maybe you never come back. Maybe it's a Todd Gurley-type situation. But I would like to see him in a healthier situation with a better offensive line and better quarterback play. I don't know if we'll see it, though. That was news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. Moving on. Uh, in other news, the Chiefs are... It's life after Tyreek Hill. How about that? Oh, yeah, we missed you for that. Yeah, that was a bummer. You know, I thought I'd be in the clear for blockbuster trades, and sure enough, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, one of the great <laughs> playmakers <can't> <laughs> of his generation gets moved in a blockbuster deal. Didn't you have to rejigger um, power rankings Very annoying. While, while at Disneyland? I was online for uh, It's <laughs> a Small World, and I'm cranking out a copy for uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs <laughs> in terrible. the biggest of all spots. <laughs> it's awful. Some vacation, anyway. The Chiefs are scrambling. Uh, they won't say they're scrambling. They say it's all part of the plan. They made a decision, so they've signed Marquez Valdez Scantling, formerly of the Packers, three years, thirty million. Well, these wideouts are getting eighteen million. million comes in the first two years. So uh, that's real money. That's, uh, that's getting that money. That seems like a lot of money uh, for Scantling after you decided you wouldn't pay reach the the price point for Tyreek Hill. Uh, they also come to terms with former first-round pick of the Bucks, Ronald Jones, on a deal. So the offense obviously going to look different, Mark, without Tyreek Hill, and you just wonder what moves could be next for them.
5: I mean, the money is telling me that they're banking on MVS and his speed, playing that Tyreek Hill role, and along with a combination of other people, because you've got to somehow find a way to not only replace the numbers, which were 111 catches last year for 1,200 plus yards and nine touchdowns but the type of player that Tyreek Hill was. And if you go watch MVS, I mean, he does have that speed. Next Gen Stats records him as the only player that topped Tyreek Hill's speed over the last two seasons. And it happened on one play, but there were a couple um, deep shots last year where he worked really well with Aaron Rodgers. And you just trust that Patrick Mahomes will make any wide receiver better than he'd be in almost any other offense, except maybe Green Bay. Right. I I
4: think that the Chiefs wanted a... shake things up, that at least that was part of the equation. Like, Andy Reid's been doing this a long time. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, they, they've been together now a while. This group was together a while. And not that, like, Andy Reid needs new inspiration, but he need he knew things had to change. They kind of were running back the same offense, and it was two diminishing returns. Nate Tice, who, who we like on the show we've had, had an interesting... Twitter thread about he thinks they're going to change what they do in terms of their concepts, not by, not like being basic, but more dropback passing, less RPO, um, some wide receivers who can block in Juju and MVS, and just like changing it up. Because I, I think you do poorly when you doubt Andy Reid's ability to reinvent himself. He always finds a way to maximize players and – and I, I don't know if it was a personal thing once Tyreek Hill started really wanting that Devonte Adams money that they were just like maybe, maybe now is the time because they were willing to pay him but I think there's something that they were just like okay nothing personal but
5: it's just like ready for a change let's let's see like let's see everyone doubt us without Tyreek but not to say that what they were doing wasn't working it's like I get it and that's you have to do that stuff but I mean Devonte Adams got MVS this job because that triggered the Hill contract they sure. didn't want to deal with
1: point. and now MVS is his, re- his replacement and he got Tyreek Hill moved to the Dolphins indirectly, right. you know, it's it just, it's all connected. And I, yeah, I, I guess I do trust their team building ability to, they did feel like the Chiefs and, and not just saying, well, it's kind of tough to say. Again, it's so strange the way their season ended because they were completely unstoppable against the Bills, completely unstoppable for the better part of two quarters in the AFC championship game. And then it all went to hell. But if you look at the bigger picture, the last two years, they haven't been quite the same as they were during those early peak Mahomes years. Uh, So maybe it is time to shake up, bring in some new players. I'm with you guys. We'll see. But you're still giving up. Again, Tyree Kill, not going to belabor this because you guys hit it last week. That is one of the great playmakers in the last 30 years of the NFL, wide receiver. It's like a Hall of Fame level stud. Anyway, maybe it works out. Moving on. The Eagles doing some business here. Kaiser White, the linebacker, signs a one-year $5 million deal after a breakout 2021 uh, with the Chargers. Also, the Eagles re-sign Derek Barnett to a two-year contract. Um, he is not a guy that puts up monster numbers, but he fills a role for them. And I just want to do one quick correction. Ronald Jones was a second-round pick in oh, Eighteen. Wow. What a perfectionist. Not a first-rounder.
5: You Go. are a perfectionist.
1: Thank um, you.
4: And a showman. <laughs> I could totally see oh, yeah. Ronald Jones. Like, he will have one primetime game where he has 216 yards, including a 70-yard touchdown, and everyone's like, Andy Reid did it again. And Dundee's maybe he's going to do it like a ton, but he'll do it at least once. I, I love the Kaiser White move. He was just one of my favorite uh, free agent linebackers. I think he was one of Brandon Staley's favorite players. He, he, he was quoted Monday saying, like, this is the first time where the business of the NFL and the personal side of it really hurts because this was a guy, like, I really loved his development, loved what he did for us, but it just didn't make sense uh, for, for them anymore. Which, I, you know, I would feel bad if I was Brian Bulaga or someone else that they, like, cut this offseason. It's like, oh, this is the first time? I guess you were just totally cool firing me.
5: Had a great season last year. And, I, I mean, you know, the, the Eagles probably could still draft a linebacker. It's a definite need for them. Uh, but they're getting him at age 26. He's a great coverage linebacker, and I think it's a, a great signing for
1: them. Good Back input. to you, Dan. Good input, Mark. In <laughs> broadcasting news. <laughs> no, I meant the NFL on Fox. <laughs> you can put that in post. Son. I That's like fun. this. I like this better. You want to do this instead? I mean...
2: This okay, makes this you is think of Fox. To
1: Star Wars theme. This by makes the way. you think of Fox for sure. I was looking for NFL on Fox. Dun 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 sure. dun, 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 dun dun the robots But do that. with the
4: whole Oscars, you know, it all it all ties in.
1: Well. <laughs> all right, we'll figure it out in post. Here we go. We know the game of musical chairs uh, that's been going on both in the NFL but also in the broadcasting ranks. And Fox had to make a move after they lost both Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Uh, to various enterprises so they make a move next man up Kevin Burkhart the the number two NFL play-by-play announcer at Fox last season is the successor to Joe Buck according to our man Andrew Marchand who is killing it but he's got a lot of material to work with
4: this like offseason. Every time there it. is yeah, something—
1: he's been on the forefront
5: right no, now. I, 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 I totally could not Who is his—let's say, or, look, right?
1: you got Schefter and Rathbaport. Right. And they're always going at it, right? With Marchand, it's just like it's Marchand or Marchand. Mm. He
5: owns that corner, and he does an excellent job, and he's in, he went to the same college that I went to for about six
1: months, Ithaca College. In, in fairness, uh, 75% of college students in the last 30 years went to a college that you went to because you went to so many.
5: I kept transferring over and over to the high annoyance of my family. <laughs> they keep dripping out this news, though. It's like we don't know whos
4: play by play guy. I mean, his uh, color guy. Why isn't is... it Olsen?
5: I think Olsen's got to be. He's probably like, the
4: leader in the clubhouse, but maybe there's different people angling. You know, supposedly they tried to approach Tom Brady uh, for that job, but he wasn't interested a couple months ago. Hmm. Wonder why.
5: I'm now uh, annoyed, though, to be honest, because I think we all agree Burkhart is awesome. And we, during Corona times, we interviewed him um in our remote locations and and i you know i was very excited to ask a question of him and my sound was not what was was not working oh tough. remember stitch. that I, I couldn't speak the entire time tough sitch we'll have to have him we'll have to have him back um, i'll have him back on my own show
1: speaking of Marshawn, so after the will smith chris rock incident last night um i did something that i haven't done since like howard stern was on the channel i flipped on e and I was like, "Oh, I got to check out the post game coverage of this. Like, we got—I need more info about this situation." And it's—it cut it's these three people I've never seen before. Not surprising. And they're talking about like Beyonce's dress from the opening song. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" So I—I I tweeted like, "I need an art Andrew Marchand takedown of E's coverage." And he—he he, quote retweeted. I turned it off pretty quick. Got to rip up the rundown. They were off to other topics. You
4: got to rip up the rundown. Right. You got to just be flowing. Uh I I saw this thing where they you know asked all the media present not to ask anything about it like for instance Questlove was up there he he accepted the award right after Chris Rock and the, and it is unfortunate like the you know a lot of people it, it was unfortunate for them and how it overshadowed oh. that said uh you know Put Mary Kay Cabot or Get Tony Cabot in Grossi there. in that room. That Browns media they're asking the question. I don't You've care. Got to ask the I don't care what yeah. uh, I don't care what they say before it yes. starts. You gotta ask like and you can ask it in an empathetic yes. way. And so but that's what you need to hear about. Well the Oscars Absolutely. have been a
5: raging snooze fest for um, a long, long time. A long time. And I grew up loving that it was one of my favorite things to watch. It's just been a mess. They are back front and center more than they've ever been. How are you not taking that rundown and throwing it in into
1: a fire? Right. Like, who is the big time reporter over there at Eno? I know we lost Joan Rivers. Uh, sometimes you can't really <laughs> replace Joan Rivers or you know Ricky you know this Seacrest I mean he's been there <laughs> oh, over the years Seacrest yeah I don't know if he's still there he's not there let's imagine Seacrest is the guy there
7: him and Kelly have a morning show though they were talking about it this morning I think well, but that's that was- that's
1: okay that's you know that's the next day we're all chopping it up uh, you know around the coffee table no but when you are you're in the you're in the you know the heat right there Post game show you need somebody a Seacrest type to ask the hard questions that people want to know. That's well, your it's job it's, as a journalist. It's
4: a shameful effort by E. I've I've—I've been in, I was in that room once in the Emmys cause I was an NBC page and, um, take us through it. Not a lot of hard hitting <laughs> questions, not a lot of hard hitting questions, uh, to Deborah messing after victorious, uh, you know, her winning for will and grace, not a lot of hard
1: questions. Remember that guy, Ross, uh, that did like Jay Leno show. I think he went to E like,
4: Maybe Ross, Ross,
1: uh, whatever his name is. He's asking (laughs) the questions.
4: This is before your time. This is before (laughs) your time, Erica. Do you know who I'm talking about? I actually do. I know who Dan is talking about. That was also while I was a page. It was in that era. Ross, Jalen.
5: Little did we know that Greg the page would... You know, years later, deliver a is. powerful speech on the music classes top, in Western New York.
7: Very funny, quick story. Emma worked for E. Her first job was a PA right. on E. And there was like a mysterious cardboard box outside on the street and they made her go check what's in the box. <laughs> no. That's so Emma's, illegal. Emma's so little and like innocent and they were like, hey you, like, can you go check that cardboard
1: box? That is an absurd <laughs> task. <laughs> <laughs> Dangerous. No position. one will miss you if you're gone. Right. Right. (laughs) Ross the intern, his name was, or Ross Matthews. I mean, Matthews has got to be in there. He's got to be in the fire. Right. His ass is in the fryer, and that's part of the gig.
7: Wait, hold on. Erica, what was in the box? Oh, Uh, she said it was just like... Nothing like homeless clothes or extra oh. clothes. It was an or... alarm
1: clock with wires. Yeah,
7: yeah, <laughs> no big deal. But she, it was like <laughs> raining, and she like crossed the street to look in this box.
1: <laughs> Finally, in the news, let's so compliant. Sorry, let's head to uh, the Kicker Club, as we like to do. It, it's a rainy day in Los Angeles, but but guess what? People stand in the rain to get in through uh, the velvet ropes, and Greg Zerline has a job. Greg the legacy's he's known with the New York Jets. He signs uh, with Gang Green. Uh, the Jets previously retained free agent Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, so it's going to be a kicking competition. Listen, Greg the leg. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how Terrible
5: season last year. Do you remember me telling you it was going to cost the Cowboys at some point in a dramatic yes. way? Well, it was like weeks later that not. Jerry Jones acknowledged like we have to change the way that we're operating on offense because Greg the leg has a leg that's not getting us there. But he did. He had back, he was coming off back surgery last year. so <laughs>
1: He just put a lot at Greg Zerline's feet for the failure of the Cowboys. Yeah, I he missed I six
5: extra points in <laughs> right, like percent What did that have to
4: do with them just, you
1: know, struggling in the game? They, he was
4: a mess last year for the he Cowboys. Was. He was a mess. Um, yeah, the Jets, uh, I feel like the Jets have had some swings and misses here, not Zerline but as a Jets fan, how did the whole Tyreek Hill reporting Hold uh, that strike you? Okay. for our next segment. Okay. Um,
1: it's nice to be back in the kicker club. Though. It is. Hey, listen, he's a former first-team All-Pro. But you know who I'd rather have? Somebody we had like a decade ago, Nick Folk. I oh, was still at the Folk Hero. Right. I mean, at this point, Nick Folk <laughs> is absolutely the Patriots' biggest
4: off-season, offseason signing and probably one of their best players. Mm, that's Nick a
1: little folk. bit troubling, too. Nick Folk. <laughs> did, uh, you, did you see Belichick, by the way? Talking yes. about how great it is that Joe Judge and his new offensive uh, genius uh, Matt Patricia are ready to rock this year. I the latest quotes. I do like that everyone
4: now is making jokes about the Patriots' offensive staff. It's down to two people. It's just Patricia and Judge. It seems, and uh, there is something kind of fun. It's putting them in a spot where they're uh, they're being doubted. That's Let's hear do from Bill.
5: No, we've had a lot of coaches take multiple responsibilities. I'm not really worried about that. I think a good coach is a good coach. And is a great coach. Joe's a great coach. They'll help us no matter what position they coach.
1: Wait, can you, wait, he sounds like a little bit like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman there. Can you hear the top of that again? No, we've had a lot of coaches take multiple responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, right. like
5: from I'm Boogie not really worried yeah, about absolutely. that. I think a good coach is a Dirk, good coach. can you
1: come outside? Well one Look thing
4: at thing car. I absolutely <laughs> believe in Bill Belichick from that statement is. Uh, he's not worried about it. No, I, I think he is at the point in his career. He is not care. worried. He cares, but he's not worried about yeah, it. He not think. what we think. Yeah. Right. He if never I'm Matt has.
5: Patricia, though, it's like, he's cool, next level. but yeah. I'm doing like eight times more work for the same amount of money as if you had gotten a bunch of other, you know, ham and eggers I could pass off assignments on. Now like, what, I have to do
4: what I what think he should be, I mean, Patricia should be happy. I was
1: going to say, what would Matt Patricia be doing if Bill Belichick wasn't around? He'd probably be an offensive or a defensive line coach like in Jacksonville right now, right?
5: Right, but he's doing way more. I'm just focused on the fact that he's going to do a lot more work. That seems um, he would. I would be agitated if I were him. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening in the news. All you right. do have a little uh, developing. It's just to just check um, you know, just to get it
4: going here. Uh, the league did an well, huh? update and announce <laughs> changes to uh, the Rooney rule. First of all, they're, they're keeping it. There was some talk of getting rid of it. No, they're strengthening it. They are now requiring... Uh, a diverse hire to be an offensive assistant coach with each team so either a minority or a woman uh, would also qualify so they are expanding it and they're also saying uh, women will be added to every requirement of uh, the
1: Rooney rules good About obviously time. needs to be uh, continue to be that rule has to evolve and and get i guess better it needs to work better than it has so and
5: especially and, offensive coaches, like that's there's not a lot of like, right minority say offensive coordinators.
4: They can't be Zoom interviews for any of these. Oh,
1: interesting.
4: And they also said interviewing two women for head coach would satisfy the Rooney Rule because just trying to figure out how that all uh, mixes in. If you were curious,
1: so that, that so eliminating that's a very 2022 sentiment, and it's you know, it, it I guess it says so you're not checking a box with a video conversation, but. If you're still not serious about hiring a candidate and you you are checking a box, now you're making that candidate get on a plane, check in at a hotel, go through the whole process. At least with the Zoom, like you weren't don't insult me by like making me uproot my life. Here's Does what that I make it different. actually more effective. It's
5: it's the difference of being on Zoom versus being in a room with someone and understanding who they are and getting a better feel for them you're yeah. giving them a real chance
3: Although, well, give
1: them a real that's well, the right. most important you're, thing I, I, actually give them a real chance th- in the conversation the whole thing has been
5: a mess and like they but they, they i like i like some of these tweaks because the, the i i don't like the idea of the zoom meeting which was just as you say checking a box and they're not taking it seriously at all
4: but mike tomlin you know i i think was well said when he said he's been very involved in all these committees and different things over the years, and he doesn't have that much hope, you know, for it changing too much because it hasn't. Because I think the, the on a league level, and I, and I really believe this from Roger Goodell, I think they're trying to do what they can on a league level, but it comes down to owners. And the owners have shown no particular inclination to
1: change their behavior.
5: They're not a transformative group, that is for sure.
1: That's what's happening in the news. All right, everybody, hold right there. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
3: What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying,
6: cows are busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It even That's my game. Game.
0: <laughs> Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast Deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G Advanced Network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
3: Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich. Here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck you buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer, check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
1: All right. Before we say goodbye, let's check in on what's going on with the free agents list. Um, And you're right, like the Greybeards is a roster of all 30 and over, like Erica, 30 and over, Um, Players, And there are a lot out there right on that um, right on that precipice that are looking for jobs. It's the way it is every year. You know, you don't want to be on the uh, in that twenty nine, thirty thirty one age range because teams figure or think of ways to uh, build a team without you. So let's go through some of these players that are still out there and um, maybe uh, find a fit for them. Greg, get us going.
4: All right. I'm going to start with one that uh, might be controversial in this room. How about trading Jimmy Garoppolo? He's just still sitting out there. I know it's not a free agent fit, but I don't care. All right, or fun trade? Yeah, or yeah. I, I'm throwing this out just because it, it's got some juice because I was thinking, where can Jimmy G go? I wanted to start here. How about the New York Jets? How oh! about Jimmy Garoppolo at some point being the fail safe for Zach Wilson? This team needs to win. They're obviously backing Zach with everything that they can and want, but in case it doesn't go well... Uh, Have someone who I think fits well in that system. You get him at a discount price. You get an adult in the room, I think, can help uh,
1: him out, too.
4: I think it makes some sense.
1: Joe Flacco is an adult in the room. I don't need Joe Flacco. (laughs) I know you're not a Flacco guy, but I'm saying he is a proven (laughs) Super Bowl MVP, long-time starter, Uh, but he's also not anybody's uh, idea of someone who could step in and really take your team to any level of success at this stage in his career. Um, I, I hear where you're at, and I understand the the doubts because I've had them too. Uh, Wilson's Zach Wilson's rookie season was very uh, up and down, mostly down. So you want to build in some security, and if you're Joe Douglas, perhaps yes, that would be uh, a smart way to go about trying to save your job because he can't he can't have another four and thirteen. That's what I mean. I right. just yeah. mean
4: it's it, it's a win now league. It's a win now world. They are in win now. I don't believe that having. Uh, a good number two like Jimmy G is going to make Zach Wilson play better or worse. And so I, I just think they need to prevent any situation where it goes south this year.
1: Cause they, I think they have a roster that can compete. I like it. It's, it's tough with the jets because all these AFC teams, including now the dolphins are getting better. And while I think that they've had a, a smart off season, You know, the fact that they weren't able to get Marcus Williams, they weren't able to get Chandler Jones, they were hot on both those guys, and then they came so close, it seemed on Tyree Kill, even with an agreement of a trade, that's three big swings and misses on getting guys that really could help the roster a lot. And I think all of this is like putting more more and more pressure, A, on this draft class, which is a crapshoot in any year, um, and B... Everything ultimately does go back to Zach Wilson because I think, yeah, people get fired if he has a bad second season. To that point, I think the Jets obviously showed their hand with uh, the Tyreek Hill situation. They say, we don't want to use one of those draft picks on a young wide receiver. We want an established star. Um, We saw Seattle GM John Schneider uh, say that he was shocked at what the wide receiver prices are at right now. All right. So now that they've shown their hand, Joe Douglas, be aggressive and offer a deal for DK Metcalf to come to the Jets. I think he's 24, 25 years old. He is an excellent fallback. In fact, when you factor in the age of the player involved and the background of the player involved, I would prefer Metcalf over Tyreek Hill. And I went, what would be the trade parameters? So I actually thought about this. The Vikings, Bills, Stefan Diggs trade. Is a very good uh, judge on this. So, what if the Jets sent the. They have two first round picks, four and 10. What if they sent the 10th overall pick and two fourth round picks to Seattle for Metcalf and a fifth rounder? That is very similar to the Diggs trade. I think Diggs Mm. and Metcalf are at similar places when Diggs was traded. Is that something you think Seattle would be into? Because I think they would, because I think they see themselves as maybe a long-term build at this point.
5: John Schneider's comments, you know, he's pretty honest. It seems like he'll tell you what he thinks. Uh, Just, to me, broadcast and telecast the concept that this is not a player they are ready to throw a ton of money at, even though they like him. I mean, Pete Carroll glowed about him, and we all get that he's great, but this is a franchise at a strange point in time right now. I think they would make that trade. Yeah,
4: that comment was... Strange because it came on the heels of some whispers about DK Metcalf, where th- there are teams maybe poking around, seeing who could be the next one, whether or AJ Brown is another name that you've heard a, a little bit like, could he potentially be on the move? That makes less sense to me. I I don't understand why the Seahawks would be trading DK, but it sounds like it's a possibility. Wait, like that it didn't just come from these quotes. I think that offer would get it done, Dan. I mean, the fact that they weren't offering one of their first round picks for Tyreek Hill was interesting. They were offering two second the two high seconds and some extra uh Indicates maybe they weren't. They're not going to be willing to give up that high a pick. I think if they were, I think they'd get him, and I think it makes some sense. Those
1: two second round picks, the Jets have two in the first ten picks of the second round, um, at thirty four and thirty eight, I believe. That's incredibly valuable to GMs because you're getting a high caliber prospect, and you don't have to give them the first round pick contract. Yep. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's two first. Whatever it is, I think it makes sense, and we do know that John Schneider and Joe Douglas have a working relationship because they pulled the trigger on the Jamal Adams deal. So keep an eye on it. Mark, something non-Jets related, perhaps? John Schneider might
5: want to uh, not be in a relationship with with that general manager after what happened with that trade, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, All right, this is me more, here's a trade that I would just like to see. I, I think it's complex and maybe overly complex because of the dead money attached to it, but there have been little whispers and little rumors that Christian McCaffrey could be moved In time, and I would love to see him traded to the Buffalo Bills. You move Devin Singletary or someone else in reverse, and suddenly you pair Josh Allen with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, and they are utterly unstoppable.
1: That's scary. It's a scary thought.
4: If you're a Panthers fan, at what point do you just start feeling like you're the lower level um, version of the Bills. That you're just you're kind of the minor league Bills, and the whole point of your existence is to help out the Bills franchise, like the big club, like they're <laughs> A and uh, the Bills are the real team. That would that would be a tough one to swallow if you were a Panthers fan. Although I, there's something to it. Well, I, like I, I
5: could see them moving McCaffrey.
1: The yes. Jimmy, I mean the Jimmy G thing too. You mentioned it with the Niners and the and the Jets, like. Man, why would the Panthers get in the Jimmy I think King they might here? they
4: they could make some sense later in the offs. I don't think anyone's in a hurry cuz he's he has a surgery so it's like yeah. his yeah. price tag's only going to go down uh and he he's coming off an injury. The Panthers and the Falcons might be in the two worst spots I feel like present and future of any two teams in the NFL. And the, the Panthers there's something about the Panthers that feels a little hopeless, right?
5: Their now. planet quarterback has been um, orchestrated about as poorly as you could even a two years ago. Do. And they're just like, yeah, oh,
4: now we don't even want Baker. It's like, uh, maybe reconsider that if, if you are getting close to having Sam Darnold be your starting quarterback. Maybe
5: They've reconsider. already talked about having mutual disinterest. I don't, that maybe seems recon- like a tough maybe way recon- to start the relationship. I'm going to go with a free agent. How about OBJ
4: to the Colts? I really think players. Are undervalued when they're coming off these serious knee injuries. And there's something to just. How about two and three
1: years, though, Greg? Same I, knee.
4: I get it. But there's something to not offering the one year deal so he can like bet on himself and make the money that do something in between. Give him some real guaranteed money. Make it a three year deal. He's not going to make anywhere close to a top-level receiver money, but maybe it's more like in the number two area. You know, it's more than MBS is making, for instance, and it's a good deal for both sides. Maybe it's just like a two-year deal like that where, where OBJ, you get more guaranteed money, but you're with us for two years, and you're getting a really talented player into your building. They still have a ton of cap space, and the Colts just feel like they have major needs, and he's the wide receiver that's out there that can upgrade your team without having to give up a draft pick. For Ricky's me. doing some sleuthing
1: behind the glass.
7: Yeah. So OBJ tweeted um, a little bit ago, a couple days ago last week, random thought, bruh, I mm-hmm. really think Matt Ryan to the Colts was actually fire. I think bro will elevate and do some special over there. Yeah. So he's, mm. he's sort of feeling that too. He's mm-hmm. not tweeting that about all those other moves. No, he's
4: saying, sign me, pay me, yeah. pay me the Colts. Cause whatever the, the Rams I'm sure want him back, but, he knows that he's not going to be the number one or maybe even the number two there, and I think he'd be happy to go back, but if he can get paid more money to go in Indianapolis and be a number one, that would make sense.
7: Yeah, I mean, Jordan Rodrigue, um, who's been on the show, who's phenomenal with the Rams, tweeted about an hour ago that the Rams, the hope desire is for him to actually return to the Rams, but they want to see, you know, what's going on with the injury and hmm. all that kind of stuff. It hasn't been done yet, but it's still being Man, it talked sure about. it sure feels like
5: he wants to go to the Rams too, but... Right
1: it's it felt like a perfect fit um all right let's, money talks let's uh speaking of money talking money talked well it wasn't just money it was the need to be with Derek Carr on a on a molecular level for Devonte Adams so he left the Packers uh and he left a huge hole with that team and we talked about how yes they can the Packers now armed with additional cap space and uh draft picks can end up building a perhaps a more balanced wide receiver group. But I do look at it now and I'm just looking at our old friends at uh, ourlads.com: lads.com. Juwan Winfrey, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, Rico Gafford, Malik Taylor. These are all guys that are on their wide receiver death chart. They do need somebody. I, I hesitate to say this because I do not like this player. I don't like his attitude. Yikes. I don't like what he's done. Uh, both off the field and on the field, but Antonio Brown. Oh, oh, damn. He can still play. He can absolutely still play. That carries a lot of weight in our league, and the Packers could look at him as someone that could, you know, give them a much-needed weapon at a depressed value because he was such a jackass Uh, at the end of his run with Tampa Bay. Now, that might be obviously a reason to stay away from him. And if you tell me Antonio Brown's NFL career is finally over from his assorted acts of jackassery, I would believe you. But at the same time, I'd be surprised a team's going to take a chance on him. Why not be a team that's a contender that needs somebody?
7: I don't know. Did you see the video of him circulating? I don't know when it was, but it was circulating this weekend where he saw a bald guy down in Miami, and he thought it was Pitbull, and he like went up <laughs> to him, and he's like, really love your music, man. <laughs> oh, It no. was like, what? He, oh, my God, it was amazing.
1: Uh, that,
4: yeah. I, I I didn't put him on the top 101 because I just think he you can't sign him anymore. I mean, you you probably shouldn't have and couldn't have. I mean, West. You're Flint, giving
1: teams a lot of credit right now. I'm saying.
4: I'm saying yeah. I don't think it's a good idea for any team to sign him. So that 101 is my team. I think it's I think it's a bad idea for any team to sign him in any situation. Well, you could because sign- he's not, he's gonna. It's you just have to believe him when he's
5: telling you who he is. You know. Well, they don't know. I don't think anyone believes him at all at this point. But if maybe if you're a contender in November, sign him then. Like I don't like the idea. Let just uh, remember the hard knocks with him and the Raiders. I mean, he he took that franchise and like tore them and apart from the inside. And that was like the six inside. acts He's of far gone, ago. I mean,
3: <laughs> I would just say you
5: want him on your around your team for as little as possible in the offseason, and you plug <laughs> him in when the game starts. Uh, it's I don't think there's any situation. I I really when you leave the field throwing
4: you know with your shirt off. And it's Tom Brady, it's the defending Super Bowl champion but <laughs> that, that you that you, you know, were successful with the year before. It's just He won a Super Bowl the year before. I know, before. but that's what I mean though. I don't think I think at that point everyone has to look at it as like, we can't do anything with this I'm just guy. saying teams have Someone a way of giving
1: jackasses second chances.
4: I get it, but okay, we know we know <laughs> that can play. We know what teams don't care about. You know, we know they don't care about like what Deshaun Watson did or what you do off the field. I think the only things they care about are, can they help us win? And do they like football? Like, do they care about their job? Like, I think those are the only two things that they care about at all. They don't care about anything moral. And I think Antonio Brown at this point has kind of proven that the second, he doesn't pass the second part.
1: You know, he doesn't, you're making a lot of sense, but I'm, maybe the rule with Antonio Brown is you never go a second year, never go second year with Antonio.
5: I think he's a higher gun. He's a hired gun. <laughs> late in the year or, or like when you know your team is He's for real.
1: Done. But they need somebody now He's done. and maybe they, they address this via a trade or a draft pick, but I look at that route and it's Super Bowl or bust for the Packers. We all know that. That's not going to cut it. Maybe, maybe it's enough to get you an NFC North title. Maybe you'll score enough points, but they need to get better on that wide receiver room. But... I don't you're want right. to talk about Antonio Brown
4: until the Hall of Fame discussion, which will be tiring. At that point, um, some of us will be in our fifties. Uh, like it's going to be a long, long time from <laughs> Felt now. In a, in a yeah, there, that.
1: Unnecessary shot. Yeah, that was.
4: I was just trying to do the math quickly, like because he's <laughs> but abs- accurate. He's absolutely a Hall of Famer, uh, and there's no question in my mind. He's one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. And he could still um, play
1: this year too. But uh, that's when season. I want to
4: talk about him next in five years.
1: All right.
5: I don't think you're going to get your right. wrist, Greg. I could see him. He's, the way that football and like just it seems to be our world works at this point, he is an annoying enough character that he's certainly going to be back in our but lives he, at some that, point. That's the thing. He gave up on the football team. That's what people care
4: about. It's not It's not the domestic stuff. It's not uh, how much of a headache is. It's like, I, I get, he is. He gave get what up, but I think that's but, like, like the Cardinals.
5: The, all it takes is one desperate general manager and coach out there to say, all right, he screwed over Tom Brady in the Bucs. The Bucks aren't going to go sign him,
1: but another team might. And it has to be a strong figure, a quarterback. And it's like, well, he I won't screw a, over Aaron you know, Rodgers. He's
4: like sending out IG posts slamming Tom Brady <laughs> and stuff. No one gets past this.
1: Do you guy. want to do a sandwich that he's in the league in twenty twenty two? Yeah, I'll do that. All right, lock it.
4: Twenty twenty two. So it, it ends at a, any point in the season. Any point in the regular season. I mean, sure, well, sure. They're not going to sign him. Just Wait, why not playoffs? playoffs? Sure, the playoffs. But well, no because one, usually yeah. our, our sandwiches end at the end of the
5: regular season,
1: and so it's a, sure. nice, clean that a nice clean break point. It would be I, very strange if someone signed him right, just it, for the playoffs.
5: It wouldn't be that strange. I mean, it <laughs> could be the difference maker. There could be an injury in late November. <laughs> I'm not, like, it, we need not him? some what sort do of – like, we,
1: we need him to learn the playbook between the divisional playoffs and the AFC this title is, game. This is too much
5: talking about Antonio Brown. <laughs> How about this one? It had to be said. Go ahead. Honey Badger – I really wanted him to go to the Jets, but that did not happen to the Denver Broncos. Hmm. Why is he still on the market? Uh, Rapchi
4: indicated, yeah, he, he clearly didn't get the money that he wanted. And that's true for a lot of guys near the top of the 101. And Rap Ian indicated he didn't think now was going to happen for a while, that he wasn't going to be in this second wave, that now he's just going to Waited out and picked the best team, and he kind of knows the the deal that he really wanted isn't out there. There's a lot of teams that could use him.
5: I think. Mean, listen, so you have Justin Simmons. You add him to your defense. They don't have a lot else at the position, but he can be used in so many different ways. And that team is like looking for guys who can essentially just put them over the top in the gnarliest division in football. Uh, um, the Ravens and the Patriots, who were tied
4: to him at first, to me still make some sense. Uh, some of the teams that would have signed. Man, Ravens have,
5: are loaded had, in the secondary. That
4: have filled be. their needs. And I'll just. Oh yeah, not the Ravens. Sorry, that was a, a brain fart. It's okay. They're good. And I'll it's throw a, one
5: it's
1: more a gross out word, there. By the way, yeah, brain fart, gross. Um, your boy Jadavian Clowney. He'll be on the Rams. Uh, He's going to replace Von Miller. You got it. We're, they need. We're in sync. They need a I, secondary I pass rusher. They need. He's a good. He could still stop the run. He won't be that expensive because nobody will ever pay Javon Clowney on a big multi-year deal. Apparently, feels like a, a very Ramsey move.
5: Mm. I mean, Bobby Wagner obviously on the radar there too. I but feel like I, everyone left you. that has, has a big name could be a
1: Ramsey type. But Clowney things. in particular, doesn't that make sense?
5: That yes, they would go it does. after him. Yes, Stefan
4: Gilmore I, could maybe be a Ramsey type type move they certainly could use a second cornerback I don't know he really isn't getting the money that he thought him returning to the Patriots I think could make some sense after all of this that he didn't get the money that he wants. they certainly need a cornerback still and I think uh he would be comfortable maybe going back there I don't know i I see you I'm looking over your shoulder you haven't going to the bengals
5: uh well I think they they could use a cornerback Stephon Gilmer would would fit he'd be he'd be plugged right into a Dwayne Brown's still out there. He can play.
4: Ingram,
1: st- Melvin Ingram's still out there. A lot of good. And players. we kind of speculated this before it went down, but I do. Will Fuller joining the Browns, beefing up that wide receiver group more. He's had success with Deshaun Watson. That They have the room to, to add more players. That just makes too much sense not to happen, I think.
5: I thought they were definitely going to draft a wide receiver before all this, but now they've been stripped of so many draft picks, mm. so Will Fuller totally fits. I think the Patriots should lean into this, we don't
4: hi- we're don't. we like the mafia, we don't bring in anyone from the outside, bring back Gilmore, bring back Trey Flowers, bring back uh, Dante Hightower, it'll be like a greatest
5: hits team. Mm. Um, and <laughs> minus just let minus everyone the best player it. of all time, but yes.
1: And then just because just I'm looking at this list, Julio Jones and A.J. Green are both free agents, You know, these guys were the wide receivers uh, during the early era of around the NFL. I wonder if either of them, uh, it's going to be a struggle for them to find work.
4: Hmm. I don't, I think they'll both be in the league for sure. Probably. I wonder how long it will take. I think they're just surprised about the lack of money that they're getting. But I think if, I think if, they were willing to pay for, let's say, one year $3 million, there'd be about 10 to 15 teams that would love to have Maybe them. that's I,
1: more my they, point, the passage of time that they're going to take very low guaranteed one-year deals now. We're, we're at that age for them. Right.
5: I have one last... Green DK, exceeded expectations last year. One for six. I have one green. last DK Metcalf trade scenario. Okay. It's not going to happen, but it would be the most dashing You have the exact...
1: Uh, numbers and uh, draft picks like I did for my no. Metcalf No, so it's
5: a lower version of okay. what you produced. But just imagine this. <laughs> DK Metcalf traded to the Titans and you get DK Metcalf paired with A.J. Brown. Ooh. I would watch that all, all right, get day the, long.
1: Get the cans on, Grave Digger. Grave what, what, are the, what, are the, uh, what are the prospects of the deal again? Why, excuse me, what are the, uh, you know, specifics? I
5: don't care about the terms. I mean, Robert Woods is that Oh, we Woods need that. We, player, need the, we, need so the,
1: we need the terms.
5: Graver, what should they give up for him? Everything. Everything. A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. And Robert Woods.
1: But you don't have any uh, cap space either, right? What are you going to do?
4: You restructure. restructure. You, the, you restructure Taylor LeJuan. I think they
5: finesse the cap.
4: Yeah. They're at fine. a tough, they've done a lot of that, though. Yes. And they're right at the cat. They I, hit Bayard. They no. could still do Derrick Henry, and they could still do Taylor Lewan. although... That would tie them to Taylor Lewan, dead money-wise, for a couple more years. I think Robert Woods was their their receiver move. What do you think, though, about the little buzz that A.J. Brown could possibly Impossible. be available?
5: I think it's extremely unrealistic. I think it's <laughs> very much nonsense. <laughs> yeah. John Robinson spoke
0: about Someone's it. Someone's
4: putting it out there. It's it's the Jets. The lady doth protest too much. I don't understand
0: much. why this is
5: even a story.
4: It's like— here's You want to guess? That AJ Brown wants that money right now, and he's not. And um, he has representatives. Maybe it's the Monte out fault. There. They're gonna pay him. They're gonna pay him. Okay, I think,
1: I think they're gonna. You pay know, him. I have a I have a neighbor. He lives around the corner from me, and that's he's, cool. He's from Tennessee. Shut up. And <laughs> to uh, Dan Hanses shout out. He, thank you, Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, and he said, you know, he's big Titans fan. He said, all we need is a decent quarterback. And I said, ooh, ouch. That just seemed a little. Yeah.
4: You have a decent quarterback. That's what I thought I think too, your, but then... Your the issue stadium. is you want more than a decent quarterback. Is that how you responded well, to him?
1: I said, ooh. And then just walked that's away. That's a toughie. <laughs> and I walked away. No, I don't know. Yeah. Stupid.
0: <laughs> I, Titans fans are very anti-Ryan Tannehill right now because that yeah, fight game are. Right. stands Right, I get it. Out.
1: But the word
4: decent... Like he would, yeah. to me he would that would be the low bar that he would clear. He I like the idea of just
1: like poking a <laughs> Gravedigger every week on how he feels about Ryan Tannehill until he breaks. He's a
5: fringe top ten quarterback. Mm. You should get Gravedigger together with your
1: neighbor who's the Titans fan. I'm sure that that would be, be a good podcast. Well, he keeps firing his co host on the <laughs> Titans right. podcast, the film room. He's got an issue with commitment here or
4: with you know who Gravedigger? Impacting other people's commitment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you look at his personal history and his private life, no issue with commitment. He will dive right into <laughs> commitments, no matter how thorny they may be. <laughs> got to look at it that way, too. He's driven. Sure is. When you see an opportunity, you got to take it. <laughs> <laughs> he always adds that little a little extra. He loves it.
5: Oh, oh, I know. don't want to talk about this. Like, yet I'm going to keep dropping bullet right, points. Yeah. I'll every do everything episode. for her.
1: <laughs> Uh, thank you, Gravedigger. All right, that's it. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another show. The Around the NFL broadcast is back on NFL Network on Friday, so make sure you check that out. Uh, until then, Dan Hans signing off for Quiet Storm.
3: Yo, boss.
1: Ricky Hollywood, the Gravedigger. Save the children, save the music. Heed the call. <laughs> There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander.
2: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
0: This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project
3: is our priority.
5: Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.